0: Lane Braze Reporting for Duty, your source for fitness and food education with a noble purpose. Fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your carrots. You're listening to the Lame Braze Radio show at theleanbrays.com. We are the Avengers of Health. Today's show, Rebuilding La Sierra. The Laprati project with Montine Laprati. Live in South Carolina. Let's roll. This is Ron Jones and I'm here in South Carolina with Montine Laprodi and she was the daughter of the legendary coach and physical educator, fitness expert Stan Laprodi. So thanks for being on the Lean Bray show today. And uh, all your time going through your father's archives this weekend.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: It's been mine too. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to open with a question. Okay. Who is your dad?
1: Who is my dad? He was an amazing man. Uh-huh. He was an educator. He was a father.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he he was—he was—and I sound like my dad now because this is what my dad did. Uh, uh. So anyway, um, he, um, he was just—he was a good man who had a passion for people. He wanted to see people healthy. He wanted to see people in America healthy. He had a passion for football. He coached football forever, mm-hmm. um, and he just had a love of teaching physical fitness, teaching and tra- and training. Um, even from even young age, mm-hmm. he um, always wanted to um, help humanity and mm-hmm. help man. Mm-hmm. You know, and and help people and so um, he was an incredible mentor not always kind Mm -hmm. and very rough around the edges
0: he's a little gruff
1: very gruff Uh and um, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree
2: yeah (laughs)
1: which I don't um, I must say I don't um, take it as a bad thing because that this is who I have I'm People tell me I'm a little Coach LaPratty. Yeah. And I don't take offense to that because my dad was um, an incredible man. He um, taught me a lot and um, started off, you know, young, Mm -hmm. taking care of myself, Mm -hmm. Um, playing sports when I was young. Um, He wasn't home a lot. Because he was always on the road, on the ro- yeah, on the road or on the football field, mm-hmm. and um, and we got it. We knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. and um, it was his passion, and and what drove him. And so, um, who was who was my dad? Who was Coach Laprati?
0: Yeah, I asked you who your dad was because when we started, um, I was you know Coach Leprodi, Stan Laprade, Le this icon, and and you you. Stopped me a couple of times and said he was just my dad. I know he was to to you guys, he's this legendary fitness coach personality, but he was he's my dad, so that's why I wanted to start it with.
1: Yeah, because you know, when ever since you came, um, I've had all this, all this, as you say, treasures, right? You know, stock housed here, yeah, and they're things that I've grown up with and looked at all the time, and it was just my dad. You know, and then when I found you on the internet because mm-hmm. I do Google my dad sometimes just to see, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's out there and what's on what's new and I saw your site and I was so impressed by it because you had video of the La Sierra program right and everything that you talked about and and your passion. And what you want to do and what you're doing now, I said, I got to call this guy. You know, I, I got to make a phone call. And since so I scrolled down the bottom of the um, you know, the page, mm-hmm. thank God there's a number there.
2: <laughs> and I wrote
1: that number down real quick. Yeah. And I said, I'm calling this wrong guy.
0: That was a pretty exciting day when I got your message. Because we've been looking uh, around on Stan LaFradi for a couple of years. There's not... There's not a lot of real good formal information out there on him.
1: Mm-hmm. So it blows my mind because get back getting back to it. Yeah, he was just my dad, right? And I knew that he was big, but he was still my dad. Mm-hmm. And so growing up in this and traveling with him, right, and being with him and seeing him in front of hundreds and thousands of people doing clinics for the President's Council. And those kind of things and, and meeting the people that I met. I've just met incredible oh, right. like Jack Lane La- yeah. La- and uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, and um, just all kinds of Vin- people. Vince
0: Lombardi Vince was Lombardi. one of his friends. Stan Musial? Yes, Stan yeah. uh,
1: Stan Yes, Stan Musial. when my dad um passed, he called me.
0: Wow. Really? And
1: yeah, he did. He called me. And but he was still
0: friends of your dad,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: And they were just people and they were Just my dad. Right. So when you come and I have all this stuff out (laughs) and I never really sorted through it all and read, took the time to read, Mm -hmm. you know, in depth and then you get it and you start explaining to me just how iconic my father was Mm -hmm. and what he did at the age that I am now. I'm really able to, you know, wrap my head around it Mm -hmm. and go wow, he wasn't just my dad. <laughs> he really was right. a huge innovator yeah. in the world mm-hmm. of fitness.
0: So let's, um, I'll run a little timeline down for people because a lot of the people that are going to listen to this show have been following our work on La Sierra the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And they're starting, like this Leprote guy was huge, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some people listening that don't know who he was. So Stan Leprote was a, he was a legendary physical education teacher at La Sierra High School in Carmaco, California. He helped open that school in 1956. And then uh, he was also a football coach there. They had a number of championship football teams. And then in 1962, he stepped down as a head football coach to, to dedicate full-time to physical education. What was interesting about La Sierra is they, they truly believed that the physical education led to all the championship sport teams. And a lot of times today, the physical education is thrown aside and we just do the sport. But your dad understood the the fundamental motor development that occurs in quality physical education, the strength, agility, quickness, all that stuff had to be there to have championship teams. And they backed it up at La Sierra for years. He went on to be uh, part of the President's Fitness Council and one of the top fitness uh, physical educators in in the country and toured all over the country for about a decade, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then he... Uh, Was at University of Washington a while, and then he ended up his career here at University of South Carolina, where we're at uh, in the neighborhood today. And he did a lot of work, which I didn't know until I talked to you personally a couple months ago. But he finished his career doing a lot of work with law enforcement. Yes. Uh, Yes. You know, the highway patrol and, and different various...
1: DNR. Yeah. You know, yeah, every division...
0: Right. That
1: he he could get in.
0: He was also a military man. He was in the military uh, from 1942 to 47, and he coached uh, football in the Army as well. Yeah. Uh, And he was in Japan during, I think, 1945, so probably occupation era. So that's a little bit about Leproti. Now, the big picture part of your dad and Stan Leproti is he was... As far as we can tell, he was the last physical educator to put a program together that had national impact mm-hmm. and swept across the country that was a very high level, very well, elite level. not
1: only the country, the world.
0: Right. It was global.
1: Because it did go global. Right. And like I had shown you, and I don't know if you'd found... I've got, i got the Arabic... The Arabic. Article on yeah. Lost Here. Yeah. So
0: as as we try to figure out what the hell to do today, and it's it's, you know... 2014. Like what are, what are we going to do? We've got a country that has numerous issues, but we're not going to be able to do Jack unless we're healthy and fit. Sorry. Your dad was the last guy to figure out how to unlock that movement code. So, I mean, when I look at pre-1920 physical education, it was, it was so sophisticated and so wonderful. But much later, your dad figured out enough of it to make a huge impact, and it was legendary. I read, uh, going through some of the documents this morning, that that program was adopted by about 4,000 schools across it was, the country. Now, it I, was. Th- I thought it was only 300, because in Life magazine they said 300, but it went on to be like 4,000 mm-hmm. schools. So it had a huge impact nationally. So the reason we want to dig into this and figure out how he did it is so we can do it again, because mm-hmm. he, he had it figured out. Oh, yeah. That conditioning system, how he structured everything, the exercises he did, the teaching methods. I mean, that's that's why we're here, and that's why we're talking about your dad. Awesome. So for, for awesome. the people that weren't sure who Stan Leproti is, he was also one of the top three uh, physical fitness experts in the United States in the mid-1960s. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh-huh. So he's a top, high-level guy.
1: Yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways. He had so many... He did get the Distinguished distinguished Servicemen's Award here in South Carolina for mm-hmm. everything he did with the law enforcement program mm-hmm. through Project Readiness.
0: Now, you were a little girl. To get, you were the same age, so you, you were a very young girl when he was at La Sierra. You don't remember a lot of that?
1: No, but I do remember being out there with... All kinds of young men <laughs> in different colored shorts,
2: yeah. <laughs> all
1: lined up on the asphalt. Right. While my dad was standing on a wooden
2: yeah uh, riser
1: riser yes the wooden riser with his microphone in his hand yeah you know shouting out yeah you know red <laughs> silver you know that you know and I remember that and I just kind of st- you know I just watched him and watched everything that was going on and. It was just normal to me.
2: Yeah.
0: So Laprade he he came up with this ability grouping, um, physical education process whereby the young men were grouped by their physical fitness ability level, and it ended up my my own high school used that system in the mid 1970s. It wow. got dismantled in 1976 because mm-hmm. it wasn't politically correct. But if if you know Stan Laprade. And you know the quality of his work, those ability levels were there so he could modify the teaching methods for mm-hmm. the appropriate level. And so it wasn't, okay, you're at the low level of fitness, so we're going to make fun of you and make you run laps, because that's kind of what happened at my high school. Yeah, that's no, not, that's, not, that's dad, not how your dad no, set it up. No. It was, okay, this kid can't do all these things, so we're going to take extra time, and we're going we're to work with them at an appropriate level. And then we have this level, this level. This. And so you could go all the way the Navy SEAL level, basically, if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, his goal was to take the person or people who started off as square one. Right. And teach them, show them, and motivate them right. in a positive way mm-hmm. to want to do better mm-hmm. to get to each level. Or to the highest level. So
0: what's come up over and over and over is is the word motivation, motivator. And your dad wrote a paper that I have uh, on our website called The Motivation Factory. Right. It was about La Sierra, right. which you think would be about, well, how many burpees did they do and sit-ups and pegboards? <laughs> but he wrote a lot about the, the mental part of it. It is. What motivates a young man to excel? And not mm-hmm. just in P.E., because if you read into Stan Leprody, this was about becoming a better citizen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about being a football player or passing a test. It was about something much larger than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's and and it was also motiv- motivating you from the inside out.
0: The intrinsic, yes, yes,
2: yeah,
1: and and that's you know where where I am a lot, like my father uh-huh. is. You know, you do have to suck it up. Yeah. And you got to do it. hmm And, but you got to find that and have that within you. And my father helped me to become very independent. But he taught me. Right. All the skills, the life skills that I needed to become an independent yet strong. Yeah. Woman. Right. Growing up, going to college, playing tennis playing sports becoming a PE teacher doing all the things mm-hmm. I learned I learned it from not only watching my father but listening to him mm-hmm. and 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 you know my father was an incredible motivator right and just by actions yeah you know he didn't have to use a lot of words. You just watch him.
0: Well, One of the things that came up uh, in that little video clip that people gave me feedback on was look at the coaches. They look fit. And so reading some of your dad's archives, he toured, uh, I can't remember the number of schools in California. I think it was 137 schools that he went to and did a personal full day observation. Right, right. And he put in his report, intentionally, I'm sure, that he dressed out and participated in every single one of those Obs- observations. And he, and he did that.
1: He did that even to the end when he was at, you know, the university uh-huh. and was teaching tennis. He
0: led by example. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was
1: out there with his racket, mm-hmm. with his bucket of balls, yeah. with his shorts. I mean, yeah. he was dressed out. Yeah. You know, everybody dressed out. Yeah. You know, there was no excuse. That's great. And so, yeah. And so, and, and, and he walked the walk and he talked the talk. And so he didn't have to use a lot of words yeah. to get his point by he, he led by example
0: he seemed to know what i mean when i interviewed jack elaine for my master's thesis he said people need two things they need pride and discipline and so these these older generations they had that that you were talking about intrinsic motivation that that inner drive that they weren't they they didn't want to sit around their ass to be bluntly Mm-mm. I mean, they, 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 they had this drive to get up and and get it done
1: and keep moving. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I get and what I've gotten from my father is, you know, this generation wants to stay inside Mm -hmm. and they watch TV and the video games and all that crap that they've got, you know, the, the iPads mm-hmm. I don't own an iPad I don't <laughs> I don't have video games yeah. and I never bought those things for my children mm-hmm. you know my children didn't have any of that mm-hmm. I never had cable TV mm-hmm. I never had satellite TV or anything like that because I wanted my kids to get up and go outside and do something
0: your your dad and his grand proposal papers that I've read Mm -hmm. in the archives, he talked about the, uh, the ill effects of TV and things like that, the sedentary behaviors that were, and this was in the early sixties. Yeah. Well,
1: we weren't allowed to watch TV. I remember we were able to watch TV on Saturday mornings Mm -hmm. and I remember a couple of cartoons that we were able to watch and that was it.
0: And then you're out being active. Oh
1: yeah. And we were out the door and we'd (laughs) go, you know, we were put out, not in a bad way, but we had to go outside and And it was a great life. Yeah. I mean, my childhood was, it was a great life because mm-hmm. you would go out and you'd ride your bikes mm-hmm. and you would run and you'd play and you'd climb trees and mm-hmm. you'd do all the things that kids were supposed to do. And yeah. that's by being active. Nowadays, yeah. there's kids don't even own bikes. Right. They don't, they, they have electric bikes mm-hmm. or motorcycles or scooters and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but they don't know how to ride a bike. Yeah. They don't know how to go out and play. You know tetherball, my God, I was a tetherball champion when I was young, yeah, you know they don't even know what a tetherball is they With
0: they the lack of physical education, which uh this is something going over all this stuff last night in the hotel, which was a, a pretty intense experience for me I, <laughs> I know it was I know it was and it was yeah, <laughs> it was
1: intense for me because it just took me back, yeah, seeing you go through my father's things, yeah. It really, I really captured the essence of what my dad really Mm
2: -hmm.
1: was passionate about. And I think that has a lot to do with age and maturity and and all that. But just to see you almost in tears Mm -hmm. looking at things, I'm like, you know, wow. And it took me back. And so I went, I did go back on a little emotional journey of my father And growing up and remembering things that I didn't really think that much about, but I recaptured them last night Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, you know, there was always a teaching tool behind everything we did together,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: whether it was, if it was verbal or, or we just went out and did it. Mm -hmm. He was always keeping me active. Yeah. All the way into my teenage years, we were always active and doing things. And leading by
0: example. Yes. So I, there were a couple things I found last night that were very um, ironic to me. I found a, an article in a, a Pace magazine. I'm not sure what Pace was, but it was probably some physical activity sure, yeah. c- uh, circulation. And it was talking about California, and it referenced your dad in La Sierra, and it said that California was 25 to 50 years of ahead of the curve in physical education, and, and that La Sierra High School was the bell ringer. Oh, yeah. Two years later, your dad had saved another article where the California legislation was considering dropping PE as a requirement. So and I'm thinking, you know, what happened? And you're going know, to get two years prior. Mm-hmm. We're talking about La Sierra basically being the best PE program in the country, if not the world. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, we're talking about getting rid of PE as Mm -hmm. a requirement. Mm -hmm. I mean, and -hmm. then I, my heart bled for your dad. Oh, yeah. Because... I don't know how he handled that, but probably not well. Yeah, you no, know? he probably
1: didn't handle it well at all. And I can't and, even
0: imagine a person like him seeing that develop. I mean, we've well, grown up know, with that. Yeah,
1: but. but I know that he fought like hell. Yeah. Because when um, um, section, um, oh, what is it called? T- title Nine. Man, when Title Nine hit, he almost had, I mean, yeah. he... It was incredible because I was in high school, Mm -hmm. and that Title IX hit, and they integrated Mm -hmm. the PE. Oh, man.
0: So for him, that was an issue because of the quality? Huge. Because he knew he couldn't teach properly at that point because of too many distractions?
1: No, his issue was that he didn't feel like females and males Mm -hmm. should be... In together
2: mm-hmm.
1: in PE at the same level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to tell you, he was hardcore. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he didn't believe that females mm-hmm. could be as good
2: mm-hmm.
1: as males, and that's bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Beep. <laughs>
1: and I proved him wrong, and and, and that's when. My drive came in, yeah, yeah, to prove him wrong in every way possible,
2: yeah,
1: because I could do everything a guy could do except stand up and piss, yeah, and I could piss if I had to stand, I could stand up and piss by standing over the toilet,
2: <laughs> I couldn't stand in front
1: of it, but I could stand over it, yeah, because the you know the time that he grew up in
0: a different era, world war two it's generation. such a
1: different era, you yeah. know, women stayed in the kitchen, women were home taking care of the kids, women you know were that was their place yeah we have
0: to understand the context of his life and when he grew up i I did some work on the the wax and in world war ii in in some of the midwestern southern cities it was still inappropriate for women to wear slacks
2: yeah and so the
0: the fact that the wax were wearing these khakis Hmm. was actually controversial in in some parts of the country so Mm -hmm. let's keep it in context it's by today's standards, we might look at that and say he was this or that, but you know, in that era, that was just. But the you know, it was. but no,
1: but I respected that. Uh-huh. You know, still, st- still to this day, you know, women are you know going in every. How can I say this? They're 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 getting into every sport. Right. But there's one sport where no woman should be, is in the, on the football field.
0: And you know football pretty well.
1: Just the whole yeah, I know yeah. football well, and I don't care if she can play the game just as good as any man
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's females should not be on the football field,
2: yeah
1: that's just that's a that's a man's sport yeah, and that's that's the sport that that you know I see these women you know trying out for these football teams, and god, it just gripes me yeah. it just gripes me because like my dad, you know, I think they're just, they're crossing the line. Yeah. They yeah. really are crossing the line. Yeah. And they need to kind of know their place.
2: Right, And right. the football
1: field's not where they need to be. So, you know, it was hard for my dad when, mm-hmm. you know, they um, integrated. Yeah. And, and that kind of thing. Because he, you know, was just around men. Right. And young boys all his life. Yeah. And he didn't have to teach girls.
0: He didn't have those skills. I mean... It, Having coached... Well, he
1: had the skills, but you know, I'm going to be, this is it. Yeah. You know, girls are whiners. Yeah. You know, they whine and they complain. Yeah. And, and being a, an, a retired coach, you know, yeah. they whine and they complain and they make all these excuses and, you know, and all this, you know, I don't feel like doing that. I can't, can't, can't. Can't never was a word in my vocabulary.
0: And you taught PE and coached for 25
2: years. Right? Yeah. 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 And,
1: and the thing is, is that. You can't really. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, can't was never a word mm-hmm. that was in that. My dad. You can do anything you want to do.
0: Yeah, I saw. Uh, you know, he saved a Lombardi quote, and it was kind of to that effect.
1: But that, yeah, yeah. but that, that's the thing. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, you have to do it, mm-hmm. and 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 so my father gave me the drive through his example that you can do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but unfortunately these women,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when, when I was growing up in, you know, PE in high school, you know, they didn't want to do PE. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to get sweaty. Right. They didn't want to get hot, you know, and we got to take showers
2: mm-hmm.
1: after we right. had gym. They didn't want to take a shower. Yeah. They didn't want, you know, all the, all, a bunch of excuses, you know, going on and on. So, you know, I didn't like listening to it. Yeah. So I can't imagine my father yeah. wanting to sit and listen to that crap.
2: <laughs> and, you
1: know, and I'm glad that he was not in the public schools mm-hmm. at the time that this happened. He was at the university. Mm-hmm. And that was bad enough. Right. But at least he was on the tennis court. Right. He wasn't in the actual gym with these women.
0: Yeah. You know, going... As a... As a- came in and oh god they
1: came in and my dad would say you know 10 laps yeah and they go 10 laps (laughs) you know and he
0: he wouldn't have taken it well
1: well he didn't take it well right right
0: so So, um to kind of wrap that up and then i want to get into the law enforcement part at the end here because i've had a lot of people ask me about that yeah but um one of the questions that came up you know you look at the quality of pe at la sierra Mm mm-hmm what did it do for people the rest of their lives? Do you, do you have any idea how much of that retained? Did it, did, it, did it really set their life in a different direction? Was it that did. Was it, that something it, monumental for it them? It did
1: because I got on Google one time and I came across a couple of guys uh-huh. that were students of his uh-huh. at La Sierra. Okay. And they still were very fit. They still continued to exercise Eat properly. Mm-hmm. Um, that was their lifestyle, right? And they continued on from high school, yeah, through life, and they're up in their sixties, seventies. Yeah. But it's stuck, and and they still do it. Good. They're Good. still working out. They're and I still think, I, do, doing all I, that, you know.
0: Yeah, I think we'll find some more of them now that we're we're going to get into some of oh, this yeah. and release it, and oh, we'll, yeah. we'll be be able to talk to some yeah. of them. But uh, your dad went on. Uh, He left La Sierra and he did the President's Fitness Council and went to University of Washington a while. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up at University of South Carolina. And that's Mm -hmm. where he created the SLED program, which means... Project Readiness. Project Readiness. Right. Which is interesting when you look at the word readiness and you define it. My mentor, Dr. Ed Thomas, said the fact that he called it Project Readiness tells us a lot about Stan Leproti as a man. Mm -hmm. because the term readiness you have to get into that the root words and stuff Mm -hmm. but it's ready for what you know it's 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 ready basically it's a noble purpose it's a preservation of country right and and oh yeah this whole just to give you a little background information that ties into some of our other shows um, Krauss and Weber Dr. Krauss Hans Krauss and Sonia Weber came from Austria and they they created this posture clinic and they recognized that Americans had a lot of back pain. They created this postural fitness test and they tested all these kids in America and Europe. And uh, 60% of the kids failed this minimum posture fitness test uh, in America compared to like 9% in Europe. And so they presented all this to President Eisenhower and he was so shocked that he created the president's fitness council mm-hmm. and that was what your dad became a part of and that's where he met Bonnie Pruden. right and and so the the whole sport explosion in the late 1950s was because of that Kraus-Weber test being presented to President Eisenhower because mm-hmm. our reaction to that was we got to do more fitness and sports. Unfortunately, we chose sports first, right. which your dad knew was a problem, Right. but there was this battle of the systems going on, and so the, the people like your dad got snuffed out for all the sport people up front, but mm-hmm. just to give people a little bit of a background, that's that's what it was all about. So, mm-hmm. at the end of his career, he went to University of South Carolina, and, and it was Project Readiness, mm-hmm. and it was for uh, law enforcement.
1: Right. Now, the Project Readiness program didn't have anything to do with the university. Okay. It was totally separate.
0: Okay, I didn't know that.
1: Right. The university didn't have anything to do with it. It was a passion of my father's mm-hmm. because he oh I'm I'm just not even gonna be I can't be nice about this. I just gotta say it the way
2: <laughs>
1: to say it. He noticed just being down at the university. Yeah they have campus police officers mm-hmm. and campus police and then the city police and everything. Right. And they were just fat.
0: Your dad wasn't really politically correct when it came to people being unfit.
1: No, that. he wasn't. And and he wasn't
0: That's kinda like Jack Elaine. Yeah, and,
1: and he wasn't he 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 wasn't very um, didn't have a lot of tact yeah about <laughs> it and um, but his his Motivation behind it was... He, he was in the right place. Just the words didn't come out properly. Yeah. You know, when... um But readiness for him, the project readiness was... He saw so, so many. And we did because I helped him get this started. Is so many law enforcement officers sitting in their cars. Right. All day long, driving around. And they constantly, you know, were sitting... Fast food, eating, gaining weight. Right. Gaining weight. Losing fitness. Losing fitness.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Not being able to get out and move around. Well, they could, they, let's put it this way, let me, let me go back. They could get out and move around. They just chose to sit on their butts yeah. in the car right. and ride around.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Going through the drive-thrus, getting fast food. So my dad, you know, said, there's gotta be, we gotta do something about this. You know, because my dad and I used to laugh. And it's not funny, but it is funny because we could be down on campus and we see some fat, just obese officers. And mm-hmm. I tell my dad, I said, you know, I could jump out of the car and grab his gun <laughs> and 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 run, and he'd never catch me. Yeah, he'd never catch me mm-hmm. because he's so fat, mm-hmm. he's so out of shape. Right. That there's no way that he'd be able to. How's he gonna defend? How is he going to protect? Right. When He's so out of shape, and he really can't take care of him and defend himself.
0: So your dad just—he happened to be here, and he saw a need, and he created this. He out created of nothing. this,
1: yeah, he did.
0: And so, um, this wasn't just a program then to get him ready for the academy. This is a program to keep them fit after they were full just, time.
1: Yeah. Oh, he had guys that came through that had been with law enforcement, highway patrol. Um, the wildlife that had been there for years oh see
0: I didn't understand that yeah
1: for years because what he did is he started this program up got grants uh huh everything was done through volunteers from the doctors Mm -hmm. to some of the professors like Dr. Spurgeon some of the you know professors that he worked with at the university yeah um and every dime of it was grant money that my dad got through writing grants and got grants, and so um, when he started this, we started inviting sled, you know, and he'd go down and make a proposal. To yeah, the and what, what does sled mean again? Sled, um, South Carolina um, law enforcement so you division put, you know, or something, something like that. Okay. Sled, like. To me, sled's like the highest of high. Okay. You know, sl- sleds, sled's the big dogs. Okay. You know, you don't want sled coming to your door. Let's put it that so way. So that's
0: like the, the tactical team, basically.
1: Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or FBI. You oh, know, You okay. just don't want sled. Okay. You want to be on the good side of sled. You don't so want to these be... these are the
0: serious folks.
1: These are the serious folks, yeah. So, so, you know, my dad met Robert Stewart, and he was the chief of sled. And he met him, and James Metz, who was the chief of police for Lexington County. And so he met these people and he um, presented to them this program, Project Readiness, and what his goal was and what he wanted to see and have done Mm -hmm. with all these law enforcement officers because he was concerned about their health and about their well-being. Because it's kind of hard to, you know, how can you take care of other people? How can you take care of, you know, you're a law enforcement officer. You're protecting people. Mm -hmm. You're out there trying to catch the bad guys. And how can you do that when you're not physically fit and not able to take care of yourself? So my dad's goal was to get them through a screening program. And he saved a lot of lives through this program.
0: He must have had, like, the first program targeted to fix that. Ever. This yeah. was ever. This, this was, was like revolutionary yeah. stuff. Yeah. This
1: was, this was ever. And so he started off small, um, inviting sled to come in. Of course, Robert Stewart said, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, cause my dad said it's free. Yeah. All you gotta do is get the guys down there. It's all free.
0: And he had a whole, uh, uh, induction testing process, it, oh, metabolic, uh, you know, cardiac testing. It was, it was, it was incredible. Very clinical, very, you know, chop, chop. He had
1: it all the way from, you know, the, they did blood stress work. tests, yeah, the yeah. blood work, they did the checking your lung, lo- their lungs, you know, blowing into the piece to check their lung capacity. Right, right. And cause a lot of smokers, lots of smokers. And so he, and, he
0: found a lot of health problems, saved, oh, saved a lot of lives.
1: Incredible. Yeah. He saved this one guy and, um, I am going to get you in touch with this one fellow, and yeah. he, he will tell you his story. Um, he literally um, had to get a heart transplant. Wow. And he didn't even know that he had congenitive heart hmm. disease.
0: So after their, they did all their metabolic clinical stuff. Everything. And then uh, what was the fitness part of it like? Now, he was legendary for making some of his apparatus. He had these the biggest pegboard we've ever seen yeah. anywhere. Yeah. At yeah. Los Sierra High School, the thing looked like it was 15 feet high. Yeah. People are still commenting on it to me. It's like, I've never seen a pegboard that high. I mean, the, yeah. the thing started like, you know,
1: and I think he would take, feet off I, the I ground. think he would have taken it higher if the roof wasn't there. <laughs> but he had to stop it somewhere because but, I remember... But he built
0: one at uni- uh, University
2: of Yeah, the of university had them. Yeah, okay. he had a
1: hole outside. He had all of his equipment yeah. outside, and he used it. They used it, yeah. you know, when he had his classes... They would have to do the obstacle course.
0: So, the law enforcement guys, after they were, did the clinical testing and they got all that squared away, was this open daily or was it a couple days a week they trained? What was the physical part of him getting their.
1: Well, it wasn't help so back? much the physical. What my dad did is he got them through all the clinical. Yeah. The clinical part. Yeah. And that's where you come in where my dad got them through the clinical part and they focused on what do we have to do to get you better? Right. So, he'd get him locked in, plugged in with whoever he, they needed to be plugged right. in with yeah. to get fixed whatever needed to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were offered um, to come down to the PE center at mm-hmm. the university, use any of the gym equipment.
0: Which is where he taught. Yeah. So, so he was
2: supervising.
1: Yeah, at it. the PE center. They were, they were offered to use any of the gym equipment. They mm-hmm. could come in, work out. Um, a lot of them who never worked out, didn't go to the gym. They would go to the Y okay. downtown. There was the big YMCA, mm-hmm. but the key thing my dad did is my dad would talk to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he would tell them, you know, what was going on and he would tell them what they needed to do. You mm-hmm. know, he did, he just didn't throw them in. He just didn't take them and just throw them in a gym and say, okay, go. Yeah. He would say, you know, you need to focus, you know, getting your cardio up mm-hmm walking
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you need to focus on your upper body and he would he would train them and tell them what they needed to work on he just didn't
0: yeah now the instruction then was very technical and very it, th- technical this is something we talked about at La Sierra High School you were looking at a photograph of him next to a young man on a pull-up bar and right. you were saying this was very technical how far apart your hands are what position your hands are right. where are your legs where, right. where's your head mm-hmm. I mean all this mm-hmm. is Basically, lost today,
1: right? And that's what my dad put in, pla- in place with project readiness. Is you start it off, you go through the screening, yeah. you find out what's wrong, mm-hmm. you fix whatever it is that's wrong, mm-hmm. or he would try to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he couldn't sit at the table and fork the food in the people's yeah. mouths, and <laughs> sit in the cars and travel with them while they're going. Right, but he would very he would emphasize and stress. You know, if you don't change your eating habits, mm-hmm. because you know your HDL, your LDL. And all that, you know, was up or down or that kind of thing. You're going to die. And my dad was really blunt. You're going to yeah. die if you yeah. don't, if you don't change this. Now I'm going to help you and I'm going to get you with the people who are going to help you Yeah. do this. Now there was a lot of guys who didn't take the help
2: mm-hmm.
1: and some of them aren't here anymore right. because they had massive heart attacks yeah. or strokes. Yeah. But the ones that did take the help, and there were lots of them, mm-hmm. still to this day are still very fit. Have gotten very fit.
0: So even though these guys are potentially in their thirties, forties, plus. Oh yeah, they're they in their
1: fifties and sixties. Well,
0: but but when they were going through the oh, project yeah. readiness, they oh, were yeah. still doing the pegboard and the obstacle course and all. I mean, I've seen the apparatus; right. it's pretty pretty intense stuff. Right. So he was able that this is what we got to figure out with your dad. He was able. To teach people so well that they could do these things with a very low injury rate and a high level of proficiency, that, that's unlocking the movement code. That's...
1: But he, But the reason he, what he did was he took you there like a baby.
2: Right. One step at a time. he stood
1: you in front of the apparatus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he had a guy who knew how to do it and was trained to do it properly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he walked you through it mm-hmm. and showed you Exactly. Right. How it was done. Yeah. And you stood there and you watched it, and then you'd line up, mm-hmm. and you take turns, mm-hmm. and he'd stand there and watch each guy one as at, they were doing one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. It wasn't a free for all. It was one at a time, and if you're doing something wrong,
0: correct it. He'd right. He'd say there. stop. Yeah.
1: Stop, and then he'd show them. Yeah. Like you said, correct them yeah. exactly and show them what they need to do.
0: So he was a perfectionist uh, for form and quality. and um...
1: Well, yeah, he was because he knew that if you didn't do it right, mm-hmm. what the risks were right. in the long run and yeah. in the long term mm-hmm. of injury right. and how that's going to affect you when you get to be older. right. It's just like when I was teaching and I taught, mm-hmm. I tell the kids... You know, what you do and what you put in your body and how you treat your body and what you do right now is gonna affect you when you get to be my age. Yeah,
0: years down the road.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You may you don't think you're not thinking right. about that right now. Right, right. And but you'll think about it when you get to be my age, fifty four comes around. And yeah. you'll be going, Crap, <laughs> I should have listened to coach. Yeah. And that was my dad's whole goal was to change your mindset. Mm-hmm of what you were doing and get you going in the right direction and keep you going in that right direction.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that was his goal
2: Mm -hmm.
1: is he wanted to see America healthy.
0: He's very patriotic. So one of the things I notice, uh, I, I try to look for details and little nuances, whether it's the methods from these former generations or the words that they use. Um, but in his apparatus book, because he sold some of this equipment for a while himself. Yeah. The design was interesting. And I, I talked to a little bit last night about that with some folks. It was red, white, and blue. It had the a, a part of a, a flag with stars on it. It was, mm-hmm. it was very intentional for him mm-hmm. that this fitness equipment was to be used for America. Yeah. To better our nation. It was. Yeah. It was. He took that seriously. I oh, think. he
1: did. And when my dad passed... um. He was very, very specific of mm-hmm. how he wanted his, um, like when he passed, mm-hmm. he just wanted me and a priest mm-hmm. in the room, mm-hmm. and that it just everything happened the way mm-hmm. it happened. It was beautiful. It was just the way Coach wanted it, and it yeah. and it happened. He called the play. Oh yeah, he <laughs> called the play. Even in the end, he called the play. It worked. I mean, it was incredible. It was yeah. like he was standing there saying, "Okay," but. At his um at his memorial, mm-hmm. I had a memorial for him. He didn't really want a memorial, but I felt like there needed to be a memorial because there were a lot of people that wanted
0: to say to, something maybe, yeah. yes. Yes, yeah. and they
1: wanted to pay their respects. Right, right. And that kind of thing. And the song that was sung at his memorial that he wanted sung was God bless America. Really? So I had beautiful, beautiful singer uh-huh. come in from from church and he
0: That's like a John Wayne thing, you know? Yes. Yeah. And
1: he stood up in the rafters uh-huh. of this little room at the university that they let us have the memorial at. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And he acapella it. God bless America. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it just gives me chills.
0: A, there's a story about John Wayne where they asked him what his favorite song was, and he said, well, if I, if I started singing that, everybody would have to take their hats off.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> but the, that, the, the,
0: that was that generation, right? Because they knew oh. the reality of not being fit. Oh. And this is what caused President Eisenhower to form the President's Fitness Council, mm-hmm. I forgot to reference at the end of my other comments. The whole reason for this goes back to military preparation Absolutely. to defend our country, period. Absolutely. End of story.
1: Absolutely. Straight up,
0: no bullshit. That, no. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's it. People don't want to talk about that today, but people like your dad that fought in World War II or in that era, mm-hmm. they knew the reality of the alternative.
1: Well well, right. well, well, the thing is, going back, Ron, as you say, military and defending our country and going over to war mm-hmm. and, and fighting... If your ass is fat, yeah, you're not going to be able to hide or run or do anything. Well, you had to be fit. You have to be, you know, physically fit and and capable health wise.
0: Survival the fittest. It is. Eisenha- it, is. Eisen- it is. Eisenhower said we lost twenty percent more troops in World War II compared to World War One.
1: Oh, I believe it.
0: But just because of fitness alone, I believe it. And so you know, we're at that. And this is why your dad's work is so important. And how do we bring it back? Because right. we need this more than ever. Well, we do need it more
1: than ever because you look at the life, the lifespan now of generations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my dad died at 75, 76, but he had cancer, Mm -hmm. but he fought till the very last breath. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing people live a little longer, but it's the ones that are taking care of themselves. Just like my uncle is going to be 91 in September. And it's because he stays physically fit.
0: Yeah.
1: He eats well.
0: Manages his
2: weight. He
1: manages his weight. Yeah. He stays active. He keeps moving. And that is what my dad and what I foresee, what you're trying to do is to keep America Mm -hmm. and get America off their butts.
0: Well, if not now, when? Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, the we're at the crossroads.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? But yeah. they
1: will live longer. Yeah. You know, all these fad diets and you, know, you see people out here doing all these fad diets, taking all these pills, you mm-hmm. know, cuz they want to be thinner, they say they want to be fitter and that kind of thing, but they don't step foot in a gym. Right. They don't go outside and just walk. They don't run. They don't do any kind of physical activity. They're ready to pop pills,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: they 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 don't want to take and make the effort. And that's where you come in, mm-hmm. to where you've got to bring that back and motivation back. Yeah. To get these people, that the pills aren't going to help. It's you, you've got to get active.
0: One of our mentors is Jake Monlux, a retired physical therapist in Seattle, Washington. Okay. He's eighty-four, and his he talks about. Motion disease. Yeah, he's a big advocate that what we really need more than healthy eating is we need to get off our butts and start moving. Yeah. And ha- kids need an hour of vigorous yes. physical education. And and we we just got to get moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put up a whole website called it's called Kids Failed Fitness Right Network. Right, and it's like kind of a startling title for a website, mm-hmm. but he's very upfront, and he's he's got all the clinical references about you know the motion disease and and when you're When you have a low metabolic level of fitness and your dad would have understood this, Mm -hmm. you're more prone to get all kinds of other things. So his thing was, Jake was, when I interviewed him, you've got to get kids metabolically fit enough so they have an immune system because your immune system crashes and you know, it's over, right? So, um, we've got kids graduating from high school with diabetes. We used to be called adult diabetes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a girl that I taught. She, um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in the 6th grade and by the end well the beginning of 7th grade she had a port mm. one of those ports she was sticking the port yeah. in herself yeah and sad mm. real sad
0: yeah Well, type 1 I mean you can't do anything about that but type 2 you're creating yeah. that on your own oh,
1: yeah so. you do by your eating and your um, physical activity mm-hmm. I mean all that could be alleviated cholesterol high blood pressure all these problems that these that America is popping pills for could all just be put away if they just get up and move. Mm -hmm. If they just get up and put forth a little effort Mm -hmm. and exercise. Don't walk to the fridge. Right. Walk outside. You know, take a walk outside. Mm -hmm. If you live in a neighborhood, walk around the block.
0: One of the articles that your dad saved, I haven't read it yet, it was like a two-page piece from 1959. It it said, um, just take a stroll. (laughs) <laughs> and it was an it was an article about the values of just going for a walk. Yeah. So I haven't read it yet, but yeah. I'll I'll yeah. scan it and post it up for yeah. people. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Well, we've kind of re- covered the gamut a little bit about uh, in a short way, the the life and history of Coach Stan LeProdi from La Sierra High School. That's basically what most people know him from mm-hmm. in terms of a national presence. Mm-hmm. Uh but I wanted just to finish the show with maybe a couple little comments about the interesting people that he was friends with, like Vince Lombardi and Stan oh, wow. Musial. I mean, you know, you grew up with these these uh, people hanging around, and you toured the country with your dad. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? I mean, to get a you get a call from Stan Musial. I mean, I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, and um,
0: hey, Vince Lombardi, you know. Just wants to go out to dinner with dad you know
1: yeah but you know they were everyday people yeah they were just they were just really nice uh-huh. everyday people yeah but um, and I never looked at them as you know huge um, oh my god um, you know yeah. he's so and so because I got to know them as a person mm-hmm. and I knew what they did, just like my father, but Jack LaLanne was still yeah. Jack LaLanne. Right. Super nice guy. Yeah. I mean, super nice guy. Yeah. He I, used was, to, he was, I used to laugh about his spandex, yeah, he, his tight out. You know, I used to say, oh, you got your tights he was, on. He was
0: so funny when I interviewed him. I, he's oh. one of the greatest guys to talk to.
1: And he was just so kind. God, he was so kind and so, you know. It's like Very, I, very funny. That's oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. I,
0: I, I said at Just... this interview with his office, right? I'm in grad school. I got to do this thesis project, and I, I was doing it on uh, motivation and psychology of exercise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interestingly, right? So I, I called up, and this gentleman answers the phone. I go, "This is Ron Jones, you know, from Cal State mm-hmm. Northridge. I'm I'm supposed to talk to Mr. Lelaine." And he goes, "Well, Mr. Lelaine's not here." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh crap, man! And the thing got screwed up." He goes, "But this is Jack." <laughs> And he launched into this forty-five-minute tirade of answering every question I had before I even asked it. He was, knew exactly what I needed to. And, know. and he was so passionate.
2: Man,
1: he was passionate, and he yeah. was funny, and he was he was like a rabid dog. You know, he just <laughs> brrr, yeah. brrr, and his energy was just yeah. contagious. You know, yeah, it, it, it was it, it was it was so contagious and so. Yeah, he was wonderful. He, told, he was wonderful.
0: At, at the end, I said, "You know, I'm starting my career in physical fitness and physical education and wellness. What, what, what can you tell me? What, what do you recommend as I start my career?" And he had one thing to say. He said, "Tell people the truth." Hmm. So that's what led me here. Yep. Because I want the truth.
1: Yep. And, you know, that's the way I am. My dad was never a sugarcoater. Yeah. And I've never been a sugarcoater. And my kids will tell you, you know, I'm very rough around the edges. I'm a loving mother, and I was a loving coach. I loved my kids. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I saw you. You weren't performing. You weren't doing anything. You know, and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, I'm, like, especially, like, with the guys. I'm like, girls, come on. Come on, ladies. You know, let's get Let's get going, and they'd look at me, and I'm like, Hey, you're acting like a girl.
0: So, yesterday yeah. I show up and uh, I shook Montine's hand, and within 15 seconds, she chewed my ass out because my, my grip wasn't strong. Enough. Yeah,
1: you shook my hand <laughs> like you were a girl.
0: <laughs> I mean, you
1: did. You shook my hand like I was 90 years old. Welcome
0: to the Le and residence. And I'm like, right? Geez, you know,
1: <laughs> that's the thing my dad you know, taught me how yeah. to shake. You shake, you grip a hand, yeah. and you shake a hand. Yeah. And well, I
0: think next time I shake a woman's hand, <laughs> they well don't prepare. break their hand. No.
1: No. No. But that's that's how I you know, that's yeah. that's how I was God, that was my father.
0: And that's that's who you are. And
1: I miss him. And and yeah. and thank you for thank you for taking me back
2: mm-hmm.
1: on a journey that I can't say I forgot about. Yeah. But just Never really appreciated mm-hmm. because I was so young. Right, I was just a young kid, yeah. and I didn't take it for granted. But I—it was just life.
0: Well, thanks for and sharing the archives with us. And uh, oh, I'm
1: just tickled pink.
0: And I think I am. Um, put your seatbelt on because it's going to be an interesting ride.
1: And get ready because I'm going to keep digging. Okay. And I can't tell you how much more stuff is probably here in this house.
0: All right. And
1: when I get it, you'll get it.
0: All right. Well, thanks and welcome to Lean Braze. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. We're Avengers of Health and so is your dad. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Lean Braze Radio Show at TheLeanBerets.com. Until next time, keep moving for a noble purpose. Get motivated. No excuses.